shotglassdigital.com. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, I've been looking ahead so much to the Patreon launch day that I did not get anything prepared for this episode. So it could be a crazy one, but it's still your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out if there is a flagship show for the goaliverse i believe this is it geek out loud the podcast that was started because people were hating on the prequels basically and ewoks and everything else that i kind of enjoyed in life <laughs> and i had no friends that liked what i like so here we are how's everyone doing glad to have you along with us my name is Steve Glosson, and uh, I'm excited to be here, even though there is, there's is, there been such little preparation. Uh, this is, for the, past, for the third week in a row, this is a listener-run show. You guys are going to be taking over more than you may know. Now, we've got a live audience right now, uh, streaming live at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show, and, uh, and, and look, we're there almost every day, Monday through Friday. So, if you're not hanging out in the old Big Honkin' Show uh, feed, you're missing a good time with the Mixler Zoo Crew is what we call it. Someone emailed me and said, hey, I want to be part of the Mixler Zoo Crew. And I'm like, all you got to do is go over to Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show, and that's when we uh, rock and roll with the podcast. You can know what podcast by heading over to geekoutonline.com, www.geekoutonline.com, and uh, and see what we're going live when we're going live with it. So tonight is uh, Geek Out Loud. Tomorrow night we'll be doing Disney Vault Talk with myself and Teresa Delgado. We're going to be talking Pinocchio. And uh, usually we cap off the, the ends uh, of the week with The Big Honkin' Show. Now, if you're not listening to The Big Honkin' Show, um, this is the kind of stuff that you're missing. The Big Honkin' Show rolls along tonight, man. Big uh, call-in show taking place. Mega Friday night call-in show. It's become kind of a Friday night tradition where you guys call in and tell what's on your mind. I had no idea tonight we'd hear from Mama Glosson. And uh, while I was talking to Coach Hill, uh, Papa Glosson tried to call in. Uh, right now, though, uh, we are really fortunate. going to take this call real quick. And uh, <clears throat> let's see if we can get him on here. Hello, hello. 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 
Hello, who's this? It's Cooter! Hey, Cooter! Cooter Jones, how are you? Know, you? I feel like it has been a family reunion. It is. <laughs> it has been a family reunion. <laughs> I feel like we have pure had a family reunion. We've heard from your mama. That's right. We talked about your brother, your sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy. I've got. <laughs> And I'm apparently I'm going to have a family reunion this week. I I got a family from Kentucky coming down to see me. Kentucky, mm-hmm. Lord, are they hillbillies? Nah, <laughs> I don't know that they're hillbillies, but they're from Kentucky. Now, what have you been up to, Cooter? I hadn't talked to you in so long. Kentucky, Lord, hello. Hello? I'm having a hard time with this darn podcast thing now. Well, you don't need to listen. You don't need to listen to the podcast while you're talking to me. I'm typically used to speaking on the radio. Is there, <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> it's not much different. It's like turning your radio down while you uh, while you listen while you talk to me. Well, I tell you what. Um, well. You know what? We ain't even talked about nothing important. I know. Talking, I, how, how have you been? I've been good. How have you been? I hadn't talked to you in a while. I was just asking you, how have you been? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I've been all right. I was wondering how long it has been since I've heard from you. It's been a year or more. It's been a long, long time, Cooter. Well, you know what? One thing I thought about when you were talking about that grit. Mm-hmm. The grits, I had burned the hell out of myself on them grits before. <laughs> How have you burned them? Well, one time I was in there cooking. Yeah. I don't know where Beatrice was. We was in there cooking grits, and I tell you what, I poured them out, and it poured straight over my hand. No. That burnt. Mm. And that burnt. Let me tell you something I saw the other night. What? What? Hold on. What is it? You, you got me? I'm here. I'm here. Listen, you were you were you were cooking. This podcast stuff. I don't know. I don't know. You were cooking. It ain't it ain't working straight. You were cooking grits. I was cooking grits. Uh-huh. <laughs> with be with Beatrice. I ain't cooked grits since then. Because you, because you burnt yourself. Well, I think it should have went up um, to a burn center. <laughs> to the what center? The burn, <laughs> the burn center. But I just went outside. I picked me some aloe vera. Yeah. And I split that thing open and I slathered it over my hand. <laughs> okay. Well, now you um, you slathered aloe vera all over your hand, mm. and uh, and you're okay now. You're fine now, though, right? Because them grits they they burn, but they but, but you healed up. I ain't cooking another grit. You ain't cooking another grit. No. And that, my friends, is the Big Honkin' Show. That's Cooter Jones calling into the Big Honkin' Show on a Friday night call-in spectacular. We do those. Uh, we've gotten into a habit of doing them on Friday nights on the weekend. And uh, Cooter is a friend. <clears throat> and I find that I go very southern when I start talking to Cooter. Um, and that's a weird statement. Never thought, uh, things you never thought you'd hear said on Geek Out Loud. But that's what you can hear if you head over to uh, uh, BigHonkinShow.com, get the podcast, Big Honkin' Show, and join us for the Big Honkin' Show at Mixler.com.
slash Big Honkin' Show. Now, this Saturday is a big deal. This Saturday from the time of recording, Saturday, June 28th, we are launching our Patreon campaign for the Goliverse. You can check it out on Saturday. It hasn't launched yet. It'll be patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And what Patreon is, it's kind of like a Kickstarter, and the idea is that you're helping support the show. And you're going to help, you know, if you so choose to do so. If you so choose to do so. If you so, if you so, so choose so, to so do so, then, you know, it's a way to help out with the show. Uh, there are different levels of, of pledging for monthly con- contributions into the show. And uh, and a lot of different uh, things for people who, who pay into the show. For example, uh, at one level there is an exclusive podcast that will be done. It's basically going to be movie commentaries. With me, sometimes a guest, hopefully most of the time a guest, uh, doing some movie commentaries on movies that you didn't think were very good, that some people, did, that most people, by and large, don't think are very good. That's where we're going to start, and then we'll probably get into stuff that I really dig and enjoy. Uh, exclusive t-shirt uh, levels and that sort of thing, and beyond, and beyond. If you if you're if you really got deep pockets every month, uh, then there's the opportunity for you to sit in. Uh, and and produce the Goliverse uh, podcast of your choice. So that's what's uh, that's what's going on. And uh, what we're doing to launch that day is we will be uh, having a marathon of all the Goliverse podcasts. We'll kick off that morning uh, with the Big Honkin' Show at 10 a.m. Now, unfortunately, just before we went live here with the Geek Out Loud, we I was informed that Buck Thompson, uh, who was planning on making his return, his wife is having gallbladder surgery on Friday. And so Buck is not going to be able to join us. So right now, <clears throat> based on everything I've got to get done for Saturday and and what it's looking like for Saturday is if this are a football game, then, um, then the gallbladder, then Buck's wife's gallbladder has just scored a touchdown and, uh, and, and I'm now down seven to nothing um so yeah because they got the extra point and everything there so uh there we go uh we're down we're down but we're not out uh riley blanton and maybe bethany blanton of the blanton (laughs) siblings the kids as i call them uh will be here uh in in house they'll be in studio so they'll be joining in on some of the stuff Derek is on vacation he's not going to be able to be there i'm sorry that i better get Derek, and he's not going to be able to be here so um basically uh we're we're rolling into this thing now uh buck has assured me that he's going to come in on a show again and um and he'll be and he'll be around so we've got a lot of people uh, you know, look, it's going to be a good day. We've got Big Honkin' Show. We've got the Geek Out Loud. We've got the Rock Out Loud, the Disney Vault Talk, the Mark Out Loud. It's looking like, based on, it's it, it's looking like, based on uh, popular demand, there will be the return of Steve's Star Wars Corner on Saturday. So a lot of cool stuff is going to be taking place, and the 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 schedule for what's going to be going on will be posted Friday at geekoutonline.com. Saturday schedule will be posted uh, Friday at www.geekoutonline.com, and you can uh, that way you can kind of know uh, when you want to dip in and out that sort of thing. Tell people about it. We'll be tweeting all day, and it's going to be a good time. And you can um, you can do. Uh, 
you can do you can do it however you want to. But that day we're hopefully going to be raising some money for the Goaliverse. And uh, the idea is not necessarily just to put money in my pocket, but to put money into the shows, equipment for all of the co-hosts that need it, um, different things. Uh, if we if we were to make enough, then we're going to um, we're going to get the Geek Out Online or Geek Out Loud URL. There it is. I said it. Geekoutloud.com. Thanks to my work. Thanks to my hard work. Geekoutloud.com is is a premium site worth over two thousand dollars right now, and uh, you know, so there you go. It wasn't available back when I started Geek Out Loud, and uh, and back then I didn't know anything about the internet, and so I didn't know how to get it. And now, by God, so you know, who knows? We may get Geek Out Loud if we get even more and more money. Then I'll be uh, slipping my friend Michael J. Cohen some dollars to help really upgrade the sites and make them wonderful and perfect and everything we need for the entirety of the Goaliverse. So it's going to be good times Saturday as we launch the Patreon.com campaign. And I want to say thank you to everyone who sent in video and audio uh, helping to sell the Goaliverse. This is all going to be compiled into a video that will be put on the Patreon page for people who find it and uh, will be able to... um, and they'll know what the Goaliverse is all about. Now, in, uh, in in the world of the Goaliverse, one thing we do believe in is helping out the people who listen, helping out our listeners as much as possible. And we've got a dear friend, uh, Rebecca Dravenstadt, who listens to all the shows. She's a big part of the Mixler Zoo crew. And uh, her dad has run into some health issues in recent years. And uh, and we've been keeping up with... And she's been keeping us up and everything and, and going on in letting us know what's going on with him. And because of what's happening, they their family has just a lot of medical expenses and that sort of thing. Uh, Rebecca has set up a Caring Bridge page for her dad. It's caringbridge.org slash visit slash Cliff Drabenstadt. Caringbridge.org slash visit slash Cliff Drabenstadt. Now, I want to say this, and I want to make this very clear. If this month your choice is, well, I can throw a few bucks Steve's way for the Goliverse, or I can throw a few bucks Rebecca's way to help out her family. I would rather make no money for the podcast and see Rebecca's family be able to take care of medical expenses and that sort of thing, because that that matters more, guys. So caringbridge.org slash visit slash Cliff Drabenstadt. Uh, If you listen live, I've been spamming the link uh, for the past week for everyone to head over that way and help out on the caring bridge site there's a link to their indiegogo um page where you can help donate and uh, and get things made rebecca reached out to me and let me know how much she appreciates everyone who's helped out and uh and helped give and uh and they've raised uh, some money already and she really is appreciative and she just wanted me to pass along my thanks to you the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe it's stuff like that it's stuff like coming in live and just getting to know one another a little bit that make this audience and this and this space that we have so special and so cool. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for helping her and her family out uh, with what they've got going on. Caringbridge.org slash visit slash Cliff Drabenstott. And now, my friends, let's jump into some emails.
our first one comes from Mike Dunn. Mike, Mike Dunn. Says, just listen to the latest Geek Out Loud talking about Saturday morning cartoons and absolutely loved it. By the way, I need to call time out real quick and let you know that at the end of the show, uh, I want to go ahead and apologize for what's coming. All right. <clears throat> I also have a strong nostalgia uh, for that time, he says, talking about the Saturday morning cartoons in the 80s. Not sure if you mentioned this, but I always really liked the comic book ads that showed the fall lineups. Usually they were the first place I heard about new cartoons well in advance of the preview shows that would air on the networks. That's true. In the comic book, sometimes they'd have a full two pages set out in the middle uh, for for the shows that were coming up. And and this happened well on into the 80s. It was It's really cool to go back and watch, to read some of these old comics and, and just looking through them and see the different ads that are there for those. He says, I was really surprised you didn't mention the Superman cartoon produced by Ruby Spears from 1988. I believe it aired on CBS. It sure did. This was one of my earliest introductions to the character. It was influenced by the John Byrne Man of Steel reboot, and Marv Wolfman was the head story editor. Great mishmash of the old TV show, the movies, and 80s comics. They both they used both the John Williams theme and the intro from the George Reeves series. I have it on DVD, and while it certainly has its flaws, the super cheesy family album vignettes, about his life in Smallville, it does bring back some great memories. That is, to me, Ruby Spears' Superman is one of the quintessential um, 80s cartoon, uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Just the the style of the animation, the way it came on, the narration for it. Um, Let me see if I can find it here real quick. And just to play um, this intro, because it really was cool for them to use the uh they did use the john williams theme but they also used that opening they would always use for the classic george reeves uh television series you know the fashion the spinning bullet you know why don't i shut up and just let you listen to it if we can pull it up here if we'll get no ads yes here we go faster than a speeding bullet than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Superman! Yes, Superman! Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman! Who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights the never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So as you can see there, they definitely, um, they, they used the John Williams, and then they went into their own little thing, this... So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Um, it was a really cool show, and you know what? It did have some weaknesses in it. It was very, it didn't last that long, but it was, it was good stuff. So, um, I didn't mention it because it really wasn't part of my Saturday morning routine, surprisingly enough. Uh, I didn't really discover it until later on. 88, uh, I was 11 years old, and by that time, Saturdays a lot of times were spent waking up early and going and, and working in the yard or that, that sort of thing. So I missed it. I don't know when it actually aired, but I, but I missed a lot of it in its original airing. He says, also, I totally second the GoBots love. 
and you were dead on when you say they were the more affordable Transformers. I vividly remember my parents telling me the Transformers were too darn expensive for just a toy, and I could only get them for special occasions like birthdays, Christmas, etc. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, Mike Dunn. Captain Planet was always more of a Sunday afternoon show for me, too. I was laughing so hard when you said it came on before the NWA main event just because I had a feeling you would say that. Well, that's because that's when it came on. It came on TBS before the NWA main event on Sunday afternoons. Some favorite shows of mine that weren't mentioned. Mr. T. You could watch a, while eating a bowl of Mr. T cereal in the 80s. You sure could. Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Now look. I completely dropped the ball on not mentioning Alvin and the Chipmunks because I sure did watch me some Alvin and the Chipmunks. I also, I also, um, was a big fan of the Chipmunks Adventure, the a movie that came out in the uh, in the mid '80s, where the Chipmunks and the Chipettes ended up going all over the world and got caught up in like a diamond heist kind of thing or a, or a diamond smuggling operation. They didn't realize it. But uh, I, I totally dug Alvin and the Chipmunks, and I can't believe that I did not mention those. Shirt Tales. Shirt Tales. Great fun intro. Pammy, Rick, Digger, Tig, or Tig, Kip, Bogey. Bogey. That's how he talked. He was the monkey. He was like, yeah, I'm Bogey. Uh, pole Position. Catchy theme tune. I find myself humming this one quite a bit. Mike, are you sure you're not me having emailed into the show? Because Pole Position, more than just about any other... Um, cartoon from the 80s is a theme song that I remember vividly and and still to this day have a lot of love for. Um, it it really was a great... I believe it came on CBS and um, <clears throat> it was based on a video game. It was part of the it was part of the whole video game craze of the time. And uh, and it was just a really cool opening. Let's see if we can pull this up with no... Oh, we got to add... Got an ad on the old YouTubes. Here we go. Let's see if we can pull this up now. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. They're moving real fast. They're the only ones who can get there on time. Okay, sis. And never too far behind. They're always fighting crime. Stop time, Dad. Ready when you are, Rhodey. In the danger zone. Pretty soon they'll be off on a mission. Hydrofoil mode, Rody. Hydrofoil engaged, Dan. Proposition! What's behind this? Hovercraft, quick! Proposition! What's behind this? Control! Proposition! Only the hair on the Proposition! Sit back in. Yeah, so pole position mid '80s again. It was it was part of that uh, that whole video game thing, and I did love that tune. Uh, he goes on and mentions Camp Candy. That's another one I watched. Of course, I'm a big John Candy fan. I really always loved John Candy. Uh, Back to the Future cartoon featuring Doc Brown's kids, Jules and Vernon. That's another one I never really got into. Uh, he says thanks and keep up the good work. You keep up the good work, Mike Dunn. You keep up the good work. Uh, Uncle John, Uncle John Ward writes in, and uh, he's from British Columbia, Canada. He says, 
Steve, I really appreciate the quality of the content you put in all your shows. Well, I appreciate the fact that you think there's quality of content in all the shows. I originally got introduced to you from your guest stints on RFR and find you one of the most entertaining guys on that. Well, I appreciate that, sir. I don't. Many times I don't think I'm that entertaining, but, you know, it happens. Sometimes I get lucky. I think it's the moments when I am entertaining, it's good enough to keep people sticking around waiting for more. I've seen Captain America the Winter Soldier and found it to be very well done and enjoyable. The other flick I've seen recently, Godzilla, left me feeling underwhelmed because, like a lot of other folks, I went to the film wanting to see lots of screen time for our favorite Lizardarian disaster. Yeah, I know that's not a word, but hey, I was feeling creative today. Lizardarian. I think we're going to, I think for those of you who listen to the Big Honkin Show, we're going to incorporate Lizardarian into our vernacular for the Animapocalypse stuff. I'm glad I found a fellow Star Wars fan that is so in touch with the masses. I'm a little rusty in regards to Marvel, but I'm trying to get better. I, you know what? You don't have to get better. Just do what you love, man. That's what being a geek is all about. You hone in on what you love and you just enjoy it. And this is a safe place to geek out about any of that stuff. Except for Star Trek and Twilight. I have not read the comics, but I enjoy the films and <gasps> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What would be the best way to start delving in the Marvel Universe comic-wise? Anyhow, keep up the good work, and I will always be tuned in to one of my favorite podcasts. One of the best hosts on that. Well, you know what? I'm not, That's too much. I'm sorry. I don't. Thanks for making a safe place to geek out. May the force be with you. May the force be with you, Uncle John. I'm just going to call you Uncle John from now on. Uncle John, uh, as far as the best place to jump in the Marvel Universe, you know, I was talking to my cousin about this, and we've been talking about it uh, for a while, he and I, and it's just how hard it is um, to get into comics these days. Everything's a little more complicated than it used to be. So what I would suggest you do is you pick a character. Just pick a character that you enjoy. Um, just pick a character that you that you have fun with. Pick one of your favorite Marvel characters, whether that's Captain America or the Hulk or Iron Man or whoever, and then move on into uh, go go do some trades, go get some trades, and um, and that way uh, you can uh, you can uh, what am I saying right now? Go pick up a trade or two and just kind of see get get a feel for the character a little bit more. Um, I'll be honest with you, for, as a Marvel kid, I loved the Fantastic Four growing up. And anything, uh, I like the John Byrne run from the 80s, uh, early 80s, the Fantastic Four. Um, I really dug some of the stuff that has been that was done later on in the 2000s. Um, not a big fan of what's been happening in the past few months, but, uh, but, but it, I, I would say Fantastic Four. Let me tell you, one of my favorite stories of all times is called Secret Wars. Secret Wars was um, a comic that was a 12-issue limited series, and it was just basically the heroes and villains from Earth being taken to being taken to a different planet that was created by this all-powerful being and made to fight for their biggest wishes. And it was really cool. Secret Wars. It was a great. It was again from the 80s, and so it's very. It's got a very 80s feel to it. Um, I did dig the original Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. If you want to get some Spider-Man stuff, see if they've got anything that has that involves like the Sinister Six, particularly from the '90s, the return of the Sinister Six from the Amazing Spider-Man line, um, and just kind of figure out what you dig about these characters. There was a great comic that started in the late '90s called The Thunderbolts. Now, this is around the time is one of the greatest things to come out of the Heroes Return, Heroes Reborn stuff. There was a moment in time in Marvel Comics when they decided we want to do we want to redo all of our heroes. And so they had a villain named Onslaught. Onslaught was basically the the culmination of 
Charles Xavier had pulled from all the evil from Magneto. And it created this being called Onslaught. And all the heroes had to fight it and everything. And come to find out, all the mutants were only giving it more power. So all the non-mutant superheroes uh, stepped into this energy field that Onslaught had created and disappeared. On Earth, um, they basically just um, assumed that all these people had died. But what had happened is, is Franklin Richards, Reed and Sue Richards' son, created this alternate universe for them where they all went and lived. It was basically a whole, not even an alternate universe, it was just a whole other Earth that was on the complete opposite side of the sun, but it restarted all their origins and everything. It didn't go so well, but one of the best things that came out of it was a title called Thunderbolts. Now, the cool thing about comics nowadays is you don't necessarily have to rely on the trades, and you don't have to spend a butt-ton of money on back issues. You can go back, you can kind of do some research and figure out some stories you want to read, and you can go to Comixology or some of these other digital comic places and Marvel has done a great job of putting its back catalog in this digital format. What this will do is this kind of helps Marvel out. It helps Comixology out. It helps keep the medium going. Uh, and it helps you uh, read some of these great old, old issues, you know, that aren't, you know, that aren't as complicated maybe as some of the stuff today. And it helps you kind of appreciate the history without having to pay, you know, 500 bucks for... Uh, Hulk 181, actually probably more like 1200 or 1500 bucks nowadays for Hulk 181, the first appearance of the Wolverine. So I would just say, I, I would say go go for that. But um, but trades are a good, good kind of thing. Uh, trades work good if you can pick out a character that you want to go check out. Um, but it's hard to jump in to what's currently going on a lot of times. Um, Dave Mitchell writes in and says, Greetings, Steve. This is your pal, the fourth Dave here, a.k.a. the Sweetums of the Big Honkin' Show. For those of you who don't understand, the fourth Dave will come in. There was a, there was a period of about two weeks where he'd... <laughs> He'd show up as we were closing out the show, and uh, it was like Sweetums on the uh, on the Muppet movie, where he's like, I just gotta catch up with you guys. And uh, and he always missed He said, This past weekend, the missus and I have started watching the Sci-Fi Channel original show, Alphas. If you're not familiar, it's your average ordinary folks with powers finding other folks with powers show. Isn't it great that we live in a day where this genre of TV seems almost commonplace? Alphas really has a feel of a show like Leverage, a fun heist series with a great ensemble chemistry crossed with X-Men or Heroes. The government has tasked a group of special individuals to track down others who are misusing their powers and stop them. Anyway, we got about six episodes in. I noticed there were only two seasons on our streaming service. Name withheld until Netflix sponsors go <laughs> And I looked up the reason why and found out that Gasp, <gasps> the show, wasn't renewed for a third season, and it ends on a cliffhanger. Bummer. So here's my question for you in the Goliverse slash Zoo Crew. What are some of your favorite unfinished TV shows? Shows that ended too early. Shows where you, the viewer, thought there was still gas left in the tank, but uh, the powers that be saw it differently. Disclaimer, we're, talking fire, we're taking Firefly and Community off the table, the first, because it's an easy gimme answer. And the second, because the pain is still too, too fresh. Here's my unofficial list of great unfinished series. And this is from the fourth Dave. He says, Heroes. I mean it. I love this show. Yes, even the misguided Skylar, or Siler and Love arc. Yes, even with the crazy carnival season. I love the crazy carnival season. I thought season four was a return to form for Heroes. I thought after the dip that was season two and the abysmal season three, I thought season four was a great return to a neat formula for heroes. He says, I dug it, man. 
And the way season four ended with Claire outing herself to the press, I would have loved to have seen what happens next. Dead Like Me is a second show. He says, this Showtime series about the boring work day of likable likable Grim Reapers really seemed to find a good groove in the second season. The cast chemistry was getting strong, and they started exploring story arcs like when the lead character was trying to stop a serial killer. A darkly funny yet surprisingly warm, heartwarming show. And it's great to see folks like Mandy Patinkin and Kylan Blue in the same show. Studio 30 on the Sunset Strip. And I have to agree with him about this. I really dug this series. This is Aaron Sorkin's SNL meets West Wing show that actually made me stop seeing Matthew Perry's Chandler. Uh, I agree. I completely agree. I love this show. Good ensemble, great dialogue, and some really interesting storyline. How does a comedy show deal with sensitive national issues? Gone before it really had a chance to find an audience. I completely agree. I was into Studio 30 uh, when it was on. Number four, he says, Boomtown. The police procedure starred Donnie Wahlberg, Neil McDonough from the Band of Brothers and Minority Report. Minority? Hello. Uh, Minority Report. And several other recognizable character actors. What made it different from other crime procedurals is that even uh, that each episode took a single hinge event, a crime, a chase, an arrest, and followed each group of characters, beat cops, detectives, DA, etc., through that event before and after so that with each new layer... The viewer understands what's really going on. Number five, Eli Stone. Johnny Lee Miller as a lawyer who gets visions from God in the form of musical numbers. All heart this show was. Good stuff, man. Honorable mention goes to Joan of Arcadia. Two solid season, lots of promise, and show got axed. The network wanted to go for a younger demo, so they replaced it with the Ghost Whisperer. Dumb move, CBS. I'm still bitter. So what do you think, boss? Is your list different than mine? It's funny, I just realized that of the eight shows mentioned... The two ineligible entries in top five in the honorable mention, all but two of them are ensemble shows. Maybe that's the real issue. Shows with ensemble casts may have a hard time finding a regular audience if they don't have the broad appeal of a Friends or a Cheers. Most shows need a clear protagonist or two that appeals to the audience to gain a following. Just speculating. Anyway, thanks for reading. See you around. And that's uh, High Nips, he says, from Dave Mitchell. Um, Dave, I... Uh, I, I I don't have a lot of shows like that. The only one that really popped to mind for me was Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And I really think that that's a show... I mean, good night. That obviously... um, It ended on a cliffhanger, for crying out loud. And I'd never really been into a show that ended on a cliffhanger like that. Clone Wars is another one. I think had some some stuff left in the tank. and, And it never got going. Um... And, and thank you, Grant and Marilyn, for making me think Clone Wars. That Clone Wars is one that I still have a little bit of sadness about. You know, there are a lot of cartoon shows that have come on recently that I feel like never got a chance to live. Uh, the the relaunch of the He-Man, the Master of the Universe from back, oh, gee whiz, 10 years ago, uh, to 9 or 10 years ago um, on Cartoon Network was really good. Thundercats, where did that end up going? That relaunch of Thundercats I thought was good. Um, Marvel, Marvel's uh, Avengers Assemble. Not Avengers Assemble. Um, or was it Avengers Assemble? It's not the one that's on now. It's the one that was on previous. Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes was a great cartoon. And for whatever reason, they, they moved to more of a movie universe. And I haven't dug that cartoon so much. Um, uh, Alicia Pettit in the chat says, Space Above and Beyond, Earth 2, Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Better Off Ted, and Futurama. But Futurama found another more life. Didn't it found another more life? Found life again on Comedy Central, I felt like. I, I thought that had, that had done well. Um, and they just wrapped up, and they kind of did it on their own terms, I believe, didn't they? 
Uh, Terra Nova said uh, became a great show. Um, Alicia says it did, but canceled again. Were they canceled or did they just did they just stop? Did they say all right, it's time to move on? Uh, Sky Guy eighty eight in the chat says Young Justice is one that was cut out too soon. I never really got into Young Justice, but I've heard a lot of people say good things about it. So, um, you know, uh, of Thundercats, um, let's see. Ah, come on, Doc. Um, Jericho. Yeah, Jericho's one that a lot of fans got it, like, actually renewed for a season. And then it also ended up getting canceled, as I recall. But uh, a lot of those are out there. And it's interesting to see the fan support. And what happens, you know, in the Internet, you end up with all these communities of people talking. And it seems like everybody's out there all about it when in truth the ratings just weren't there so um let's see oh this is a snippet so we'll save that because a lot of people have sent this to me matthew writes in old phantom rider writes in and says i was just hoping to chime in on the saturday morning cartoon conversation and tie it into the mention of the top 10 scarring things from childhood cartoons as a child of the 90s and to this day, never having seen a Transformer movie not put out by Michael Bay, stop Chinese robbers with a TV, according to Steric. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me do this right. Not and and having seen a never having seen a Transformer movie not put out by Michael, stop Chinese robbers with a TV, according to Steric Bay. Uh, I thought I'd share a number one scarring moment that really put a pin in my geekdom for many years. It's not necessarily a bad thing or intended to be a bad thing. Thing, thing. Wow, my southern draw is really coming out. Since I was very young, I've been a follower of the DC Animated Universe. Since I could remember, my mother would turn on the TV in the afternoon for us while she took a nap. Box kids with Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, and of course, Batman. My sister liked X-Men and Spider-Man, and I liked Spider-Man's atmosphere and music when I was little, but for some reason it always bothered me that it seemed to never end, and every episode of both Marvel shows was just another part of some endless storyline that I never seemed to catch the first part of. Sins of the Father, Part 23. Anyway, so that's that was my own personal commentary. Yeah, Spider-Man was bad about doing that. Anyway, so over the years, I'd become a massive Batman the Animated Series fan. How big? When it moved to the WB Network, my mother switched cable providers just for me so that I could watch it. I was super into every aspect of the Tim redesign. I loved Batgirl and Nightwing. And even as a young kid into boy stuff, I was passionate. I was as passionate as a fangirl on the playground insisting they should end up getting married. Then came Batman Beyond. I had seen the promos for it and was super pumped, but I didn't make it past the first three and a half minutes of the pilot. I had been scarred so deeply by that first cold opening that I didn't watch another DC Animated Universe cartoon until college. In the opening, we meet Batman in a new Batsuit who is trying to rescue a kidnapped debutante. My thoughts in my little head were that this was going to be a milk run for the caped crusader. But when I saw him start to falter in the fight, and then betray the very principles he stood for. He threatened to thug with a gun. I was in silent shock. Afterwards, when he took off his mask and we saw how old he had become, it physically hurt my young heart. But I think that it was that uh, slow, tired, and mournful Shirley Walker piano version of the Batman theme of my fondest memories that brought tears to my eyes. Wow. When I saw Bruce Wayne old and alone in the dusty trophy room, placing the bat suit in the last glass case, of the memorial and shut off all the systems of the bat cave where i grew up and shared adventures with him i truly cried openly so when they lingered on the shot of the bat suit and then went to black so did my television i'm sure it was because i was a dramatic kid probably but i echoed the final words of bruce wayne when the living room went silent never again till this day 
there's only been one other time that a television show made me so emotional or made me attached to a certain incarnation of a franchise character so completely. I'm not sure, till this day, what it was that affected me so much. Sorry for a long, sad email. You got me reliving all those memories, good and bad, that came those Saturday mornings just before college game day in the fall. Um, you know, it, it's weird what what kids can and can't accept sometimes. Um, I remember watching Batman Beyond and thinking, this is bullcrap. This is dumb. I don't want to watch this show. Of course, I was older at that point. <laughs> I was like in high school. And so I was not... Um, but uh, listen, I'll say this. Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, uh, the whole Tim crowd. Um, I can't think of the other names of the creators there, and it's really it's it's too bad because there's so many good ones. Um, they were they were so good at skirting that line with those shows of being too grown up and not too childish, but still appealing to kids. It was really really a cool situation with them and and i really appreciated the way that they did the show and um and it was and it's and it's a masterpiece to this day it is a masterpiece to this day uh the whole batman the animated series and even uh even batman beyond is some it it has got some good stuff in it but that 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 episode of the justice league unlimited i think it is where they where they kind of close out Batman Beyond and Justice League is a really, really compelling situation, a really compelling story. Uh, It's kind of explaining where that kid came from and what his real origin was. Uh, Joey Russell writes in. uh, He says, uh, let me start off by saying that after discovering the Gold Podcast through an iTunes search about five years ago. Thank you. You found it through an iTunes search and not uh, something else. I've looked forward and loved every minute of it ever since. Since then, I've also become a big fan. We don't have fans, Joey. We have listeners. I've become a con- let's just you say I've become a consistent listener of Rock Out Loud. Know what I'm saying? And most recently, the Disney Vault Talk. You and your podcasting partners do an excellent job. That's all my partners. That's Kristen. That's Carl, and that's Teresa. Just doing a jam up job on their end uh, for the shows and what we do. All I do is just uh, how does Kristen say it? I'm. Uh, I'm the tracks and she's the train. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's all those guys. Um, thank you so much for all you do to entertain fellow geeks like myself. I hope I entertain you guys. My main reason for writing was to thank you for recommending the book Ready Player One. It was truly the best book I've read since the Harry Potter series, and for me, that's saying something. It was so good, in fact, I was disappointed when it was over. Like you, I'm a child of the 80s and could not get enough of the geeky references thrown in throughout the story. From the Atari and arcade game mentions to the giant mecha robots toward the end of the book, oh, yes, I was loving every minute of it. Loved it! My only criticism toward the author would be that I wish he'd left out the preachy atheist talk at the beginning of the story. But after enduring, ignoring those few pages, it was a roller coaster ride of awesome to the very end. You know what? I'd forgotten about all that. I, I just listened through it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um... Again, thanks for bringing that to my attention, and I would love to hear about any future books of that genre you might happen to come across. Uh, and that's from Joey. Joey, I, I tell you what, I've, I've not come across anything like Ready Player One since then. Maybe the folks in our chat can can give us some a heads up. So, um, I don't read books. I listen to books normally, and uh, and so uh, so I listen to that one, and it's just a better way for me to do it. Uh, right now, I'm actually 
going through the making of Star Wars by J.W. Rensler. I finally got my hands on that. Special shout out to you know who, sir. Um, and I, I really, I'm, I'm just digging going through that. It's an amazing thing. So, um, <laughs> everyone's trying to add a new podcast now, audiobooks out loud and, uh, pipes. John Reed says, surely AOL isn't taken. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, when it comes to, to reading, I haven't found anything like ready player one. I think that's what I loved so much about it. It was so special. It was, it was just such a neat situation to me, uh, to read that thing. And, um, and, and and the story was compelling. And like you, I was kind of sad that it was over, and I'd love to see some kind of sequel to it. I, I don't know what Ernest Klein has coming down the pipes, but I would I would really, really like to see a sequel to to that. Um, and, and so that's going to be our emails, because the other emails we have actually play into our snippets today. So why don't we just uh, jump into some snippets? All right, here we go. Our first snippet is, um, well, there's a new Star Wars Guardians of the Galaxy mashup trailer. Wendy Cooper emailed me about this. I saw it uh, through various things. I think it was posted on the Facebook page all over the place. And this thing is so stinking cool. Let's try to play the audio for it right now. The following preview has been approved for lovers of all things 70s by the unusual suspect. Luke Allow walking me into to Thomas. Myself. I am a Jedi. Why are you here? I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shot of Millennium Falcon. My brother. You scoundrel. And who might you be? Leia. You don't know the power of the dark side. I'll never turn to the dark side. What? In time, you will call me Master. Luke and Vader fight? I don't think so. A lot of acts of the force. Look at the size of that thing. We'll be with you. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. You are free to use any methods necessary, but I want them alive. No disintegration. It's not fair. something jammed in here real good. Were you on a star cruiser? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Ford. Gary Fisher. But these are my friends. Mark Hamill. That way. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. 
and Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Laugh it up, fuzzball. It was really, it's just so cool. And a lot of people have uh, emailed that to me. The only thing I don't really dig about it is at the end it says Disney Star Wars. Not that I have a problem with Disney Star Wars, but I think a lot of people are thinking that Disney is going to just slap their logo all over everything Star Wars does. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see Lucasfilm slapped all over everything it does. You may see Bad Robot, but I don't think you're going to have like the Bad Robot thing at the beginning. I don't think we're going to see the Disney castle at the beginning. You don't see that in the Marvel movies. I think you can watch the Marvel Studios movies and see the way they're doing things with Marvel Studios, and that's going to be the formula that they use for the Lucasfilm stuff. So check that out. Uh, check those Marvel movies out. Thor particularly and Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, it just does more. I, I'm watching that, and I'm like, let's just let's just stop and watch Star Wars. Why don't we just stop doing this and watch Star Wars? Why am I sitting here doing a podcast when I have a perfectly good TV and a Blu-ray player in there, and I can just pop in Star Wars? Why am I doing this right now? Um, because I, I, I just every time I see any type of clip kind of thing put together um, from Star Wars, it just makes me want to watch those movies. I just dig them so stinking much, as you know. And it makes me also, at the same time, really looking forward to... Uh, makes me really looking forward to <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I'm telling you, I can't wait for this movie. I just cannot wait for Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's going to be awesome. Now, with Guardians of the Galaxy, I have received this email today from Jonathan Maples. Uh, he sent me a link to Newsarama, and I am wishing I had disposable income to get back into comics in October. Marvel's original Guardians of the Galaxy is getting an ongoing series called Guardians 3000, and that's coming in October. Marvel fans, an original Guardians of the Galaxy ongoing series, or writer Dan Abnett returning to the Marvel comic uh, cosmic verse. Which of these things warms your heart more? Well, the good news is you don't have to choose because Abnet is, in fact, writing a new Guardians 3000 ongoing series beginning in October, starring the original lineup of Major Vance Astro, he's a man out of time, Starhawk, Martin X, Captain Charlie 27, and Yondu, and set in the far-flung future of the Marvel Universe. The publisher promises fans of Marvel continuity will see lots of familiar Marvel Universe concepts in the cities, or in the series, rather, in the new series. Guardians 3000 is truly a case of you ask for it, we deliver Offered Marvel executive editor Mike Martz, readers have been begging for the return of the original Guardians. Have they? Because I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only person really stoked about the original Guardians or really wanting to see them. Now, there is someone missing in this team. Uh, Starhawk is actually, he shares a body with his wife, I think, so they flip back and forth. But there's a chick from Mercury, a lady from Mercury who's not here. And I'm looking at some of the art here. Uh, I'm not knowing, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, it, it's a different look than what we, of course it's a different look than we had in the 90s, but I'm not really sure, I don't know, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. And they look like they're evil, not nice at one point. Um, and, and some of these things, they look like they're just kind of mean and, and sneaky, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a, why not? Why don't I? 
why why not check it out when it comes out I, it, it'd be really cool and if you can find the old 90s series you should definitely do so it, it's it's fun read it is a fun read and um and i and i think that uh that it'd be good uh alicia says who sent the link to the mashup because thank you so much uh that mashup was sent to me via the email by wendy cooper and, and it was on the facebook and all kinds of stuff i saw this stuff so um it's uh it's really interesting so um <laughs> uh i'm getting lost in the chat chat derailed me john pipes reed derailed me said when are we doing a bad movie podcast suck out loud these movies are soul um that's going to be exclusive content for the patreon campaign john uh so that's snippet number two guardians of the galaxy guardians 3000 i'm looking so forward to it thank you jonathan for turning me on to that and finally so many tweets an email of true about this john reed was one of the people that turned me on to it other people let me know about it um ready player one is coming to the big screen at some point uh we um i mentioned in the in the podcast i did about ready player one i don't know how warner brothers or how any movie studio could do this but apparently Warner Brothers has gotten the rights and all of the stuff that they don't have the rights to, they're going to replace with things that they do from around the same period. So I don't know if it's going to be that great, but here's what, uh, here's what Ron has to say. He says, saw this article about the writer being ready, uh, being hired for Ready Player One. I thought I'd send it your way. X-Men scribe Zach Penn to rewrite Ready Player One for Ron- Warner Brothers. Now this comes from therap.com. Four years after winning a bidding war for Ernie Klein's acclaimed sci-fi novel Ready Player One, Warner Brothers has hired comic book movie scribe Zach Penn to rewrite the script. The rap has learned Ready Player One. It goes on to talk about what it is. And um, Zach Penn, you know, they say he's X-Men scribe. He's a lot of people's least favorite X-Men scribe. That's part of the problem is that he is... uh, some people say, you know, well, he was he was uh, the last stand. He wrote the last stand. Uh, I don't have a problem with Zach Penn. I think that um, he'd probably do a great job of adapting this book. I really think they should go trilogy with this thing, though. I think they should take their time, go trilogy, part one being that first gate being found and cleared, part two being what part two of that book is, and then part three, kind of the wrap up and everything. I, it could it could work. It's a definite. It's a three act structure that lends itself to six hours of movie i really think so and if if done right if if marketed right i really think it it would be um it would be a good thing it would be a good thing he goes on to say i'd love to hear your thoughts on ryan johnson writing and directing episode eight in the general direction lucasfilm seems to be going with their director's choices i'm pretty excited in the sense that i think looper was one of the most interesting and coolest sci-fi films recently However, I wonder if J.J. Abrams will continue to produce or have some role. It's strange to me there isn't one person or a few people overseeing the trilogy. Well, Ron, that's where you might be a little bit uh, a little bit misinformed. I expected J.J. Abrams to play the role that Joss Whedon seems to be playing in the Avengers Marvel Universe. Is that Larry Kasdan? I know there's a story group, but my understanding is that the story group is a resource to confer with, not a group that dictates the way the story goes. What do you think? I think what I think Kathleen Kennedy is the Kevin Feige of Lucasfilm. Kevin Feige is really the guy who has been driving this Marvel Studios thing since Iron Man. Let's be honest about that. Kevin Feige more even more than Joss Whedon, and that's not me hating on Whedon. Whedon stepped in and and got the reins to the Avengers. 
uh, he took over, you know, he took that movie and he did so well with it. I'm not going to lie. I watched Avengers. Uh, when did I watch it? Oh, my Atlanta. Uh, Sunday? I watched Avengers Sunday between churches, between church services. I was speaking in a, at a church and, and they had Sunday morning, Sunday evening. I was speaking at both services and I watched between church services. And I got to tell you something, I, I hadn't watched it in a little bit and I was just blown away yet again. Joss Whedon did a wonderful job on that film. And because of that, you know, he's got the second Avengers film and they're really kind of referring to him to make sure these things stay as coherent as possible. But if you look at what's going on, they're just, they're not they're not shying away from getting you know some neat directors, some different uh, composers for the scores. They're not shying away from that, and I think that's all attributed to Kevin Feige even more than it or Feige 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 Feige. Um, I think that's more attributed to him than than even Whedon. Uh, I think what you're going to have happening here with Lucasfilm is Kathleen Kennedy kind of driving the ship. She's she's kind of the captain of the whole thing. Lawrence Kasdan, I think, is going to be kind of the overseer of it all. I, I really think he and Simon Kinberg are kind of going to have the story reigns on these movies. I would imagine they've got the the, the sequel trilogy completely outlined and mapped out. Ryan Johnson, I think, is a solid choice. I don't think he's a bad choice for director at all. And I know that there was a third director rumored uh, for Episode Nine already. And uh, what it tells me is this, is there's been some stuff going on. See, we think that um, a lot of times that when we hear the news, it's just been made in the past couple of weeks. And sometimes that's true. But when stuff like this, I have to believe that... Um, I have to believe that that there's work going on even when we're not even thinking about it. Like, you know, and I mean months ahead of time. So they know the direction these movies are going to take and these stories are going to take. Now, the real key is this whole Harrison Ford injury. Uh, Harrison Ford, it was originally said, was a sprained ankle or, uh, or, or a fractured ankle and it would keep him out for about eight weeks of filming. Now they're talking six months. And the real question is now, what does this do? What does this do to the filming? What does this do to the to the filming schedule? And will we now see a May 2017 release for Star Wars Episode Seven? It goes back to what Derek always told us on the podcast. He didn't think these things were going to get made, and now um, now they might not. Uh, Alicia Pettit in the chat says, "Right out for Star Wars trilogy: lightsaber fights, the Falcon, bad dude." Uh, leaded by an even better dude, some one-liners. Look, I just wrote all three. <laughs> that's that's not nice. I don't appreciate that at all. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm really, you know, it's it. I'm going to be interested to see where things go and where this whole situation goes with the injury, with the direction, uh, with them doing, uh, with them tapping Ryan Johnson uh, to do episode eight. That I think that's pretty much all, but uh, confirmed. Um, I'm really trying to see now because I'd read something where they're going, where, where there was a different name for episode nine. Um, and then some people are saying it is Ryan Johnson for both eight and nine. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it'd be interesting to have three different directors for all the movies with the one coherent story kind of helmed by Kasdan and Kennedy. Uh, it's, 
maybe even you know what would be hilarious and what would just be an in your face to everybody bring back george lucas to direct episode nine cap it all off i think that'd be amazing and i would i would absolutely love it um you know i i read a tweet today that really it almost put me on a soapbox and i'm not going to get there today but it i'm just so sick and tired of people dogging george lucas like he did this horrible thing with the prequels like they're the worst thing ever i'm sorry uh there's a lot out there worse than the prequels and and the prequels are not bad and um i think it could be really interesting if i don't want christopher nolan to have anything to do with star wars andy in the chat says christopher nolan for episode nine i don't want christopher nolan to have anything to do with star wars to be honest with you so yeah bed bugs are the worst thing ever and uh and so <laughs> daniel and indy says bed bugs are the worst thing ever i have to agree with you much worse than the sequels and much worse than what anyone can say about the sequels so um and finally one last snippet here uh this comes from the chicago tribune uh good friend john reed turned us on to this star wars creator george lucas has selected chicago over los angeles and san francisco as the future home of his collection of art and movie memorabilia according to a spokeswoman for the museum the museum's board wednesday is expected to vote on a name change from the lucas cultural arts museum to the lucas museum of narrative art um and destination i don't know oh it's a name change in destination okay pending approval by the chicago plan commission lucas's institution would be built on what are now parking lots between soldier field and mccormick place and would open in 2018 architectural renderings will be presented to the city officials in early fall according to a statement from the museum the decision to select chicago reflects both a bungling of the billionaire's legacy project by the board of a national park in san francisco as well as an aggressive lobbying effort by mayor rahm emanuel uh i uh, i'm humbled to be joining such an extraordinary museum community and to be creating the museum in a city that has a long tradition of embracing the arts and architecture lucas said in a statement he added uh choosing chicago is the right decision for the museum but a difficult decision for me personally because of my strong personal and professional roots uh in the bay area Lucas declined an interview request through a spokeswoman. The 70-year-old filmmaker is a native of Modesto, California, but he built his career in San Francisco. He never made a movie in Hollywood, and he recently married a Chicagoan, Ariel Investments President Melody Hobson, and lives here, or lives in Chicago, rather, part-time. The museum will house a collection that will include valuable Norman Rockwell paintings, examples of the special effects he pioneered at ILM, and memorabilia such as the Darth Vader costume. The works are wrapped around the theme of storytelling, Many pieces, such as Lucas's collection of magazine illustrations, predate the arrival of moving pictures, television, and radio, said Laurie Norton Moffat, chief executive archivist of the Norman Rockwell Museum, who's advising Lucas. It's still an emerging and growing collection. She noted that Lucas has an extraordinary collection of movie posters. I think he has the largest collection in the world. According to a source, two factors weighed in Chicago's favor. One is that the city draws far more tourists than San Francisco, and... Uh, in a, let's see. In addition, the, the site Emanuel offered is near the museum campus, home to the Shedd Aquarium, Field Museum, Adler Planetarium, and Adler Planetarium. He hopes to collaborate with his prospective neighbors. Um, so, Lucas Museum coming to Chicago, and that means uh, I'm moving in with Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. It, it sounds really cool. I particularly like the fact that it's not just Star Wars-centric. I think a lot of people, when they hear Lucas Museum, they're thinking Star Wars, Indiana Jones. But it's the idea, it's a museum of narrative history. 
Uh, it's a museum uh, in, in the stuff that he has. He has items that predate uh, moving pictures and films. And so I think it'd be interesting. I mean, is it puppets? You know, are those costumes worn on stage by like, you know, stage actors from way back in the day? That, that's really interesting. It's interesting that this is one of the things that he's just kind of silently... I just imagine him sitting on eBay looking for stuff like this. Oh, 18th century puppet. Um, I'll bid $5. No one else is going after this. You know, and he gets in a bidding war with... Uh, who's the guy that loves the ventriloquist dummies? Oh, David. he gets in a bidding war with like David Copperfield or something. Um, one last thing. This weekend, at the time of this recording, not only are we doing the Patreon campaign, but we are also... Uh, but uh, Not we. Um, also... The uh, Transformers Age of Extinction hits theaters, and I'm super stoked about it. And probably what's going to happen if I'm able to see it between now and next week, got a lot going on, got a lot happening, but if I'm able to see it between now and next week, you can probably bet your sweet bippy um, we're going to probably do all Transformers next week, hopefully. And I understand we've still got... I've still got to discuss. I want to discuss in depth X Men: Days of Future Past, and I want to talk Amazing Spider-Man Two. These are two movies that I really want to talk about um, because I had different experiences with both of them than everybody else. My experiences seem to be flip flopped from what everyone else is thinking. Well, I got to be honest with you guys. Pull back the curtain as I often do uh, here at the time of recording. It's quarter after nine. I'm going to be uh, in just a few moments. Uh, hooking up with Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank from Rebel Force Radio uh, to be on the show with them this week. So um, I, I thought we might take some calls, but it doesn't look like we're going to have time to. Um, I really feel... I don't know. Now I feel bad. <clears throat> you know what? I, I, let's do this. The number is 912-386-4294. we got time to take about three calls uh, maybe even less than that, depending on how long the calls are. I'm going to put off doing a bad impersonations theater because I feel like I feel like uh, it's it's a bad deal. I feel like it's a bad deal to uh, to 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 say no, guys, you can't come on. I'm going to do bad impersonations theater. <laughs> so, all right, we open our calls. Who is always the first through the door, ladies and gentlemen? If you ever listen to the Big Honkin Show, you know it's this guy. Hello, Andy. Hey Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm. It's been. Um, Did you almost ask this, me how am I? Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm. I'm. I've been drinking a lot of Coke today, so I'm like all hyperactive and stuff. Oh, you're all you're all hyped up on Coke right now. The the good kind. Okay, that's fine. I understand getting hyped up on Coke. Doc Zen is really going to uh, to keep that um on on rotation somehow he's going to get he's going to get that 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 sound bite and uh and plug it anyhow so what's up andy so i finished heroes yeah how'd you like it i have mixed feelings about it As, hey everyone who was into heroes has mixed feelings about it too so i i'll say this season four i could breathe a lot more through it like i felt like oh this feels more relaxing, not as you know, shaky and stressful as season three was. Right. I hate the season three. Uh, Robert Nepper is amazing at everything, and I love him as Samuel. Um, I kind of dig the carnival stuff. Yeah, I did too. I don't know why. Why was people dogging on that? 
Um, I think because it was such a departure from where they had all been already. I, I it, it, it really kind of, it seemed to me, I think what the part of the problem was you had Claire kind of being torn about what she wanted to do with her life and how she wanted to show out. And I think too, it really kind of shrunk the scope. The scope of the show had gotten really big, you know, getting all up in the government and everything. And this kind of shrunk the scope down a little bit more to this traveling circus of people. But I really, that's what I liked about it is that, is that they kind of narrowed the focus down and what was going on. So I liked it a lot. The thing that hurt me most was the death of um, Nathan uh, because I, I, I love Spoiler alert. It's, it's been four years. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I saw someone, I saw someone writing a, uh, I saw an article the other day where someone was writing about star Wars and they put a spoiler alert, uh, for empire strikes back. Okay. I don't know what, what am I supposed to say? I'm just saying spoiler Um, alert. Okay. Okay. Sorry guys. Spoiler alert. Nathan dies. Yeah. He goes the way of Walt. Spoiler alert. Um, but see, here's the thing. Um, so the finale and okay, spoiler alert. Um, Claire, you know, comes out and she's like, "Yeah, we oh, read that I'm... in an email earlier." All right. Yeah. So here's what I'm wondering because they haven't really specified this in mm-hmm. um, the press release of Heroes Reborn. Do you think they're gonna continue of that plot? Because you know, it's they can't have the show start. You know, going back to you know what season one was and was like, oh, now we're all hiding and so yeah. on. Well, HRG is definitely going to be in Heroes Reborn. And, and, and you weren't watching with all the rest of the fans when it was originally out. HRG means horn rim glasses. That's Noah. Oh, I um, know that. Okay, just making sure. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to be... Um, he, he's definitely going to be in the show, apparently. That, that's been confirmed. Uh, uh, Jared... Um, not Jared Padalecki. What's the guy's name? Um, Vin... Vin uh, Rocky Five or Rocky Balboa guy, um, Peter. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be in it. I saw. Well, he's day. doing. A, he's doing a show on ABC, so he's kind of tied up. Right. He's not going to be in it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know if it'll play into the season four stuff or how they're going to do it. it. I think it might be might be pretty. I think it might be pretty good though. I'm, I'll watch it. Milo Ventimiglia. Thank you. Um, I don't. I, yeah. I, I haven't really heard anything else other than like who's going to be involved. You know, a few things here, here and there. Who would you want to see come back? Um, I think, you know what? I could do without Scott or uh, Siler being back. I almost say Skyler all the time, but Skyler is Walt's <laughs> wife who is dead, and um, or Walt's dead, not Skyler's. Spoiler alert. Um, I would love to see Hero back. Oh, I, I, I really lo- dig Hero. I love him. I yeah. like. He's the one I could relate so much to, and. Like I, I question some of the things that he did throughout season three and season four, but like, he was the character that stayed consistently good almost the whole yeah. run. Yeah. Um, I kind of would like to see Angela back. Now, which one is Angela? She's um, Peter and Nathan's oh, mother. Oh yeah. See, I got the thing is, is once they went to that camp and all that stuff, it just got old. Just got old. I kind of got tired of it. So yeah, I don't. You know, we'll see. I, Heroes was a, was kind of a hit or miss for me, but but I'm looking forward to it. What else you got on your mind, Andy? It was mostly um, it was mostly Heroes. Okay. Uh, I don't want to t- take up too much of your time um, because I know people, other people will c- want to call in. But um, no, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely going to be there for Saturday. All right, man. Uh, make a big donation um, because I 
because I, I love you, sir. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate all your support. You're one of my Ooh, thank you're, you. You're one of my biggest supporters, and I really do. I'm being serious. I really do appreciate it. So. No, I, I did the ooh because I, you, um, you said last Friday that you liked when I said ooh oh, that yeah. way. So I was like, okay, I will, I will do that. <laughs> it seemed like misplaced, but all right. All right, ooh, Andy. Well, you have, a, you have a good night, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, man. All right, see you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, calling from the 847 area code. What's up, what's up? Who's calling? This is Batman. I'm Batman. I, no, I, I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. No, seriously, this, this is Batman. No, this this is not Batman. I'm Batman. I'm so confused. Who is this? Who is this? this, is, this is, who is this? Where's Rachel? Where? <laughs> Where is she? Tell me now. This is Pipes, man. How are you doing? What? Hey, Pipes. How's it going, sir? I'm not too bad. How have you been? Ah, I've been real good. You could have just hit me on the Skype, man. I yeah. Yeah, this this number is like uh, it's it's my it's the calling number, and I use Skype with it. So, but you could have hit me on on okay. Skype. So. Okay. All right. Well, you got me here. Am I on right now? Yeah, you're on the air, man. We're live. This is okay. live, pal. All right. Yeah. How's it going, sir? I am. I'm pumped. I this whole thing about the the. Museum in Chicago. I, I was waiting to hear about that because I was checking on that when I knew he was going back and forth between California and Chicago. And, yeah. And I am I am happier than ever to find out it's going to be here. So the invitation is open. Anytime you want to come up, I know you got Jimmy Mac too, but uh, I'm up here too. So. Oh yeah, I can move in with you. We have the palatial uh, basement uh, estate down here. So. That's fine. We'll set up a podcast studio in there, and it'll be awesome. Yeah, I told my wife you cook, so she said it would be fine. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll come be your live-in chef and full-time podcaster, and we'll just uh, we'll we'll walk hand in hand sometimes to the museum. That's that's fine. That's fine. My wife will probably be happy that somebody else is, is you know getting my attention. <laughs> just take him out for a while. Just take him out for a while. I hear you. I hear you. Well, how you been, man? I feel like we hadn't heard from you in a bit. You you. I know you probably got busy with the end of the school year and everything, and then. You, you said you've been on vacation. I got one. Actually, hand-in-hand um, hand skipping. I, you know what? I'm a horrible skipper, Alicia. I just saw that in the chat. I, I, it's a weird, it's like, my, it's my kryptonite. I can't skip. <laughs> I don't know why. You can't skip. It probably has something to do with being a big guy. I'm just, I'm not mm. one of those big guys that can skip. Oh, no, so. I can skip. I'll skip with you. I'll teach you. Okay, that's fine. I'll teach you how to skip. That's fine. That's fine. No, I, you know what? I'm actually switching jobs. I'm still going to be in a school, but I'm working with some of the technology stuff, and I'm going to be training teachers so mm-hmm. i'm switching from like a school year schedule to a regular actual human being schedule okay. um and uh you know just had a little bit of time to, to go on vacation with the family so we actually just got back from uh, most of my family lives in southwest missouri mm-hmm. and uh down in the ozarks we just got back from there and um we actually took my my son is uh, he's about to turn seven and he we went to silver dollar city i don't know if you've ever been to branson at all no never down that area Silver Dollar City, it's kind of like a, if you got a whole bunch of hillbillies together mm-hmm. and they decided they wanted to do a Six Flags, but it looked like people like them. Oh, wow. So it's um, it's like a Six Flags, but it's all set in um, like a 1880s, 1890s, so everything's all wood, everything's almost like frontier town type stuff. You've got a bunch of glass blowers and uh, blacksmiths and uh, you know, mining type stuff, and so it's real you know, real kind of Western uh, type stuff. 
growing up, I mean, that's where my grandparents lived, so we were there all the time, probably two, three times a year. And so we went there, and they got a new coaster there called Outlaw Run. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Are you a roller coaster guy at all? I love roll. If I can fit on roller yeah, coasters, I love them. You know what? I, let me let me uh, backtrack for just a second. The most embarrassing moment was, and I, I'm not a really, really huge person, but my son was so excited to ride one of the little kid roller coasters. Yeah. And he was excited for me to go on it. I saw like <laughs> other people's parents going on there with him. And here I am going to get on the coaster with him, and it, I won't fit. Like the oh, thing will not lock into yeah. place at all. And I'm sitting there, I'm just staring at the guy, going, I, "I'm not, I'm not fat. Don't, like, don't make me get off this ride." <laughs> and, I'm just staring at him, and, like, and, "Hey, hey, I'm not fat. I'm not fat." I'm like, you, you find you get, come on, this is we're in the South. There's got to be some kind of extension. I can't be the biggest person here that's ever tried to ride this ride before. So. You know, like a like a good, I have to get off this ride because apparently I'm too big for it. And uh, but that was that was like two years ago. Well, my son now he sees this ride and it's, it's called Outlaw Run and mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, it is actually a, a ride in Chicago just outdid it um, uh, called Goliath now. But Outlaw Run is like it uh, it has a drop that is 16 stories. Wow. And it's it's like an 81 degree drop, and it's the whole ride is like 90 seconds long. Ugh. And um, you wait three hours uh, for I mean, it. No, I mean it's crazy. It's probably one of the craziest coasters I've ever been on. The one in Chicago that they've done now, there's a, a Six Flags just close to us here in uh, Gurney, Illinois, and they have one called Goliath that is like 18 stories. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard of Goliath. Drop. Yeah, I've heard of Goliath. They, I think they did a similar one down here at Six Flags over Georgia. Uh, okay for for a minute but it is it is absolutely crazy and so i'm that's fine i'll get on this ride i mean i'm i'm getting to the point where i don't know if i can do coasters much anymore but i'm like okay i'll i'll get on this we'll be fine so my my brother his girlfriend my wife my sister and my son says dad i want to do this and we actually switched him to some higher shoes so that he could get on the rides because he was about (laughs) half an inch away from being able to ride the rides. nice so like like good parents we gained the system and we got him in so that he could get on these rides. And so he's there waiting in line with us. And they keep just talking about, like, people in line are talking about what this ride does. And he's pumped. He's excited. So finally we get in. We sit down on this ride. And it starts going. And after the first drop, I turn around. I try to look at him back there. And his eyes are just wide open. Like, he's <laughs> just stuck. And he can't. He, does, he has no idea what's going on. Yes. And after the after the ninety seconds is over, we just turn around. I'm like, "How are you doing, buddy?" Uh, <laughs> I said, "Did you like that?" Oh. I'm not doing that again until I'm twenty. Nice, nice. Said, That's fine. That's fine. But now, ask him today. It's like, you know, would you ever go ride on like? Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. Yes. I, could, I could do that. I would do that tomorrow. I would do that five times. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Oh, so we're going. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine. I've got some other stuff I got to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's like no, Dad. That's okay. Um, I'd rather go have a funnel cake. It's that's all right. Good. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And apparently, apparently, so would you, Dad, because you can't fit on the ride. Oh snap! Mm. That's fine. Mm. Hey, I'll take the funnel cake. That mm. that is a ride in and of itself. So, well, pipes, man. It's good to hear from you, sir. Good to hear from you too. So, hey, let me know if you if you if you want to do a. I was thinking about those the bad movies. Yeah. Um, I haven't had much of a chance to hear what you're going to do with the the Patreon stuff. Mm-hmm. But if, if you ever want to do anything about these bad movies. I, right away, as soon as you, that one show, when you first talked about it, 
that was my first. I know I pulled out the Leonard Part Six, but that was the yes. first thing that came to mind. Oh, Leonard Part Six! I was like, six. "Oh my God, what is the worst movie I could think of?" Um, <laughs> and my my half half first thought was Fifth Element because I hate that movie. Oh really? Um, oh my Lanta! No, That's a whole no, other conversation. Oh, I can't stand it. My dad and I walked out of that movie. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I that's know. one of those cult classics. I, I like all the actors that are in it, but I don't know. Man. But yeah, no, Leonard Part 6. If, if you ever want to do a show on Leonard Part 6 and talk about how bad it is, I'll, I'll come on with you. All right. Sounds good to me, man. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have asked people to uh, to send in like liners because we're going to be rolling all day long. And one yeah. of the things is between shows, you know, is is we're going to have people doing some liners of this is so-and-so from the Mixer Zoo crew. You're listening to the Goliverse Patreon Marathon kind of thing. So if you want to throw a few of those my way, man, I'll, I'll hook them up and, and, and you'll be in you'll be a part of it that way. So I'll send in I, I can you know I can send in Batman or whatever you want. I'll, I hear you. That's all. I did. Dave. I was I was going to do it. I said earlier in the chat. I'm like, what I really want to do is a Batman reading Goodnight Moon. I thought you've done that. Did I do that before? I don't remember if I did or not. Yeah, it, it, you sent it to me in a weird way, and I can't open it on my usual um, on my on on the program I normally use. But yeah, you you've sent that in. Uh, let me let me give everyone a little taste here. Okay. It's probably on my phone. It probably wasn't good quality. In the great green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon. Yeah. So, uh, you, yeah, you've done that. Uh, oh, yeah. I we read can, Good we Night Moon. We can make that way more creepy. Yeah, I read... <laughs> play the Batman music behind it. I read... Um, I, I read uh, Good Night Moon as uh, John C. Riley at Derek's house when I was there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, you know what? Actually, I, I just tweeted you a while ago. I was down here in the basement kind of uh, fixing some stuff up. I, I'm a horrible, horrible collector and Star Wars fan, but... I had a whole bunch of old Star Wars toys that were still in their boxes, and oh, I, wow. I opened them. I'm going to admit <gasps> yes. that. Yeah, right now. No, I that's fine. Them. That's great. Um, that's fine. I opened them, and, and the kids are playing with them. Uh, Nora, my three-year-old, was trying to figure out the whole contact thing and who was talking to her. And and uh, so we're we're opening up these toys, and I look over, and my daughter and my son, they, they've got this dollhouse that my wife has kind of built with them off in one corner. And I happen to look into the dollhouse, and there's these really creepy scenes that my daughter, the three-year-old, has set up. And I, I tweeted you some of these pictures. There's a scene of Joker sitting at a sewing machine in the bedroom. I see that. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and and then there's and then there's Venom just reclining on the couch in the living room. Yes, I see that too. That's I can't figure out which one's more creepy. I think the Venom just reclining is a little more creepy. Yeah. I've got to retweet these things. <laughs> yeah, I I asked her about it. I'm like, I'm like, Nora, what, what what were you doing here? Like, why are they? Well, and of course, she's got a story for everything. Right. Well, Venom was really tired, and he when he when he turned into Venom, like some of his clothes got messed up, and the Hulk had ripped some more clothes. So Joker was upstairs sewing them some new clothes. Well, that was um, nice. That was and, nice. And, and the they Joker. were just they were just tired. Hmm. Like, okay, all right, that's. All right, time for you to go to bed. That's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so good. I love it. Well, John, it's good to talk to you, man. Uh, I've got yeah. someone else trying to call in here, so I'm going to let them get in and, uh, Absolutely. and and probably take about two more calls before we have to roll. But uh, look forward to, to seeing you around more and more and more since you're off of vacation now. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you some stuff in for Saturday, too. All right, appreciate it, John. Have a good one, bro. All right. See you. Okay, take it easy. Bye-bye.
Old Pipes, John Reed calling in there. And here we go. I mean, on the quick on the draw, 646. Hello, hello. 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 Hi, Steve. Yes. This is you too, Marcus. How are you? What's up, sir? How are you, man? Great. I'm so excited to finally be able to call in. Well, I'm excited that you are able to call in. This is Yitzi Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. So what's going on with you tonight, sir? Uh, I'm good. Um, kind of uh, don't know what to say now that I actually got the call in. Um, but that's all right. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? We're all fine here now. We're fine. How are you? We're all fine. Are you, sir? We're fine. Boring conversation, right. anyway, Luke. We should have. We're going to have company. So, what what you been geeking out about lately, Ben? Hey, and by the way, let me just personally say thank you for Super Grover. Oh, you're welcome. And marshmallows, no and marshmallows, and Twizzlers. Oh right, I just had to stuff the box with something. I hear. <laughs> well, it was a good choice, sir. It was a good it choice. It was originally going to be fruit roll ups, but they were expired. The ones I bought. Oh so well, listen, fruit roll ups are yeah, fruit, fruit roll ups are kind of weird anyway. They still freak me out, but. <clears throat> so what's yeah. so what's on your mind, uh, buddy? Uh, what's on my mind? Well, I just read. Well, I went last week. There was a comic book convention in New York. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. I'd never been to one before, uh, so that was pretty cool. What What was the best thing that, about it? What What did you enjoy the most there? Um. The cosplay was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an X Men panel that was pretty cool. Uh, was it was it X Men comics and I got them signed. Oh, cool! What who'd you who'd you meet? Um, uh, Kyle Higgins was there. Okay, he's writing Nightwing now. He was pretty cool. And uh, Joe Parado, I think that's his name. Uh, I get confused. Um, but it's pretty cool stuff. Um, I focus mostly on the Superman stuff, honestly. Right. So, uh, you know, I got a bunch of those that I hadn't read before, which is pretty fun. Cool. Awesome. So, it was, what was the, was it a, was it New York Comic Con? Uh, no. So, New York Comic Con apparently is in October, but they did like a second Comic Con this year. It was by the same, it was by New York Comic Con, but they called it like Special Edition. Oh, cool. Cool. So was it was it was like a comic. So it was oh that's cool. So it was probably a little bit smaller as well, huh? Uh, yeah, it was smaller. I hadn't never been to a bigger one, but this one was like all comics. Okay. No TV shows, movies, anything. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, well, dude, uh, uh, let me yeah. tell you, if you ever have a chance to make it out to a Star Wars celebration, that needs to be your next big goal. Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. It is. It is an amazing that, experience. So that sounds crazy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Yitzi, it's great to talk to you tonight. We've got one more caller we're going to bring in here before we go. All right, great. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right, thanks, Yitzi. Good to talk to you, my friend. You too. See Bye. you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Yitzi Marcus from the Mixler Zoo crew. And uh, let's see if this guy will answer. He had his Do Not Disturb sign up. But I don't know if that means he's he's going to answer or not. I don't. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Cohen? Michael J. Cohen, I, ladies and gentlemen, or Michael C. Cohen, depending on you know who you are. Yeah, apparently I've been renamed Michael C. Cohen. Yes. I. Uh, how do I sound? I'm 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 on my phone right now. You sound skyping from my phone. You sound outstanding. 
Okay, excellent. That's good to hear. Uh, well, I wanted to call in and uh, and and bring up that that latest Ninja Turtles trailer because I can't believe oh, you haven't talked about it. Well, yet. yeah, I've I've seen it. I dig it, and I'm scared to talk about it because apparently it's one of those things that is dividing everyone right down the middle. I well, yeah. So we're uh, I guess we're on opposite sides of the uh, of the war this time because uh, oh, wow. man, it has just got me. All kinds of riled up. I'm uh, I, I'm not too happy with it. Wow. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Bullet points. Quick bullet points. Because you need to understand something. The turtles were never yep. my big thing. I mean, they were yes. a little bit after my time, um, and I never really. I was familiar with them. Played the Nintendo games, all that good stuff. But I just never really super got into the turtles. So, tell me what's wrong in you know bullet points. Just real quick. Just rapid fire bullet points. Okay, so number one uh, on the hit list here is the uh, is the whitewashing, right? So, uh, two of the most prominent uh, uh, old school '80s Japanese characters uh, of all time uh, ha- have been wiped out by this reboot, right? Some people are saying that there's a possibility that the Shredder isn't Michael or uh, William Fitchner, right? But I don't see it going that way because they they really like hammered that home. See, uh, and in, then on top of that, well, I uh, will you've say, got... I will say this, just in response. In watching that yeah. newest trailer, yeah. to me, it didn't seem like he was Shredder. Yeah. So that's what, that's what a lot of people are saying now. But mm-hmm. regardless of that, you've still got Splinter, who's supposed to be Hamato Yoshi. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's... Oh, man, I can't even... Uh, Tony Shalhoub is, is voicing him. And it's... That's probably got me the most riled up because he's doing this accent that is not Asian because that would be racist, but it's also <laughs> not not Asian. You know what I mean? Like, I got it's, you. <laughs> it's just it is so finely on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not doing an accent. He's not doing a silly voice, but his intonation is definitely that that you know english is his second language that it's yeah. supposed to be now, tony, kind of like he's japanese but he's not yeah now tony so. shalhoub i have a picture in my head of mm-hmm. the okay yeah i'm looking at the right guy he was monk yeah all right yeah, yeah he was monk. i was yeah. thinking men in black the alien from men in black yep. okay. yeah all right yeah and so yeah this is the thing this is my biggest problem with the whole the whole process of making this movie is that every actor that they've announced mm-hmm. is somebody that I like. I like William Fitchner. I think right. that he's a great actor. I think he's also a great actor when he's paired with Michael Bay. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think that's an awesome combo. I don't think that he should be the shredder or uh, uh Schrader or Eric Sachs or whatever they're calling him. Eric Sachs is the Americanized version of Oroku Saki. Okay. Who is the shredder. Right. right. Like that's that's why everybody is convinced that he is the shredder. Um so then on, <laughs> let me on top let me stop the, you real quick. Sure. Pipe says that the, the, the accent uh Tony Shalhoub is doing is Nemordian. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know what? That's probably the most accurate thing you could possibly say. And look where look look, look where that got us in, yeah. in terms of uh, of uh, I I don't know uh, the the racist argument with episode one. A lot of people go back. To okay. That. So the first thing but, is you feel like they've wiped out the Japanese characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. is a part of the heritage sure. of of the series, right? right. How Eastman could they and be Laird, ninjas yeah. if nobody's Japanese? Right. But the other part of it is that the the turtles just don't look like the ninja turtles to me. They um 
this is, it, this is so difficult because I do think that they look cool. Mm-hmm. I do have some issues. I think that their faces are a little bit too grotesque okay. uh, to really be likable. Mm-hmm. But uh, like they look cool. They definitely look like something that came out of, you know, a Rob Liefeld comic or something yeah. uh, in the middle of the 90s. They look like they actually look a lot. Like uh, uh, Jim Lee did Ninja Turtle designs for a line of action figures mm-hmm. uh, in in the mid 90s. And uh, they look a lot like those action figures, but they don't look like the turtles. The turtles are supposed to be fun and approachable. And these guys look like Shrek with a shell on. Right. Like they, yeah, okay. they look. See, and that and I guess that's one of the places we part ways. And I don't have your eye for detail. Sure. So, so I look at them like, okay, yeah, those I, I recognize them immediately as Ninja Turtles. The taking yeah. off of the mask is a little weird because you've just never <laughs> seen that, you know. But I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever. It's just a one quick bit, and it's funny, you know. To like, oh, this is just a mask, you know. Um, but I do see a little bit of fun in this bit, other trailer, though. That was the one thing I was kind of concerned about is is I do see these guys kind of having fun and you know being teenagers and so i think we'll see i think we'll see some of that i do i i think that the personalities are intact yeah right like i do think i you're you're absolutely right the humor in the trailer in that latest trailer is definitely there um i think that the jokes are maybe a little bit on the nose they're a little they're a lot like a transformers movie. well it's michael um yeah exactly uh, I mean, it's not Michael bay directing but it is michael bay producing right so his fingerprints are all over it um but they're just there there's a there's an interesting thing with the ninja turtles where people will often go back to the original comics and say oh but the original comics were so gritty and dark and mature first of all they're not they're they're kind of gritty they're a little dark and they're somewhat more mature than the cartoon show has been mm-hmm. but they're not they're not uh, they're not frank miller right? right like in fact they're supposed to be making fun of Frank Miller. Like that was kind of the whole point mm-hmm. of the Ninja Turtles. That's what Eastman and Laird were going for was the ridiculousness of these teenage mutant Ninja Turtles and putting it in this noir sort of setting and, uh, and, and playing up that angle of it. So the, the turtles that are really the iconic turtles are the, the cartoon ones, right? Yes. I mean, those are the right. ones that everybody kind of goes back to. Sure. And I think that your perfect medium is is the turtles of the 90s movies of the three live action movies um i think that that there is a lot of maturity particularly in the first movie that they kind of uh, it's diminishing returns on those ones mm-hmm. although i do love two and three um but the first one there's a lot of really mature stuff going on there there's a lot of really cool uh, emotional beats and character arcs and that sort of thing but at the heart of it, they're still the Ninja Turtles. They're still approachable and fun and kind of cute in a weird, you know, uh, anthropomorphized turtle kind of way. And in, I think in an ET kind of way. Yeah, like, and and I think that that's a really important element of the characters because mm-hmm. although they may have been designed initially for somewhat of a, like an a older <laughs> teenager, younger adult audience, that's not who owns them, right? Yeah. And and when we get excited as fans, I know certainly when I get excited as a fan, and 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 maybe this is where the big disconnect is with you and I because you don't have the nostalgia, right? But it is absolutely the six-year-old in me that gets excited yeah, right like yeah. it, it is it is that part of of me just like it's the eight-year-old in me that gets excited when i watch star wars yeah well it's, right? it's like it, you know cohen i take it back to when optimus prime rolls in in the first transformers and he just transforms sure. and says and peter colin says 
I am Optimus Prime. I'm yeah. like, heck yes, you are. Let's roll. And uh, and and that's and and I just kind of give everything else in those movies a pass because Optimus Prime said, "I'm Optimus Prime." Sure. Autobots roll out, and then in the second one, he airdropped out of a plane to <laughs> to take out a giant Decepticon. I'm like, I'm good. That's all I need. So so to to answer to that, I would say how am I supposed to feel as a Ninja Turtle fan when Leonardo rolls up and, uh, and Johnny Knoxville's voice comes out and it's like, I'm Leonardo. Welcome to Jack bleep. Right. Like, oh, that'd be like funny. What, what, how am I supposed to react to that? That's not Leonardo. Johnny Knoxville is awesome. I love yeah. Johnny Knoxville. I didn't but, realize Johnny Knoxville was doing the voice of Leonardo. Yeah, He's the voice of Leonardo, the leader of the Ninja Turtles. Like yeah. Yeah, that, that could not be more miscast. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't know who you could pick. That would be a worse fit yeah. for the leader of the Ninja Turtles. I mean, he's supposed to be a stalwart samurai. Like, he, he's he's yeah, he's not the fun, he's not he and he's not really. Let's see. Let me let me make sure I got the person. Michelangelo, of course, is the fun party is a party yeah. dude, as they say in the theme song. Raphael yes. was always kind of the tough, you know, gruffer one of them. He was the grumpy of the group. Yeah, Donatello. Was Donatello the more serious one, or was Donatello the the science whiz one? Donatello's the science whiz. Okay, and so Leonardo yeah. was always the more serious one of the, even though he's not like yeah. not funny, he was just more serious. Okay. He, the, the way you have to look at it is that they're brothers, right? <laughs> so Ra- you Raphael is cool group, right? Right, and Leonardo's the older brother, so he's always trying to live up to what Splinter teaches, and he's trying to keep his brothers in line, and. Uh, uh, Raph is right next to him, which is why he's got a chip on his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's right underneath. And so he's always kind of grumpy about like Leonardo's the leader cause he's older, but I'm better. So I should be the leader, which is very much how, how, uh, I think a middle child acts. Yes. And then the other side of it is Leonardo, uh, uh, sorry, Donatello and Michelangelo, who are the younger ones that it's always like, they're always going and goofing off, whether mm-hmm. it's building a rocket ship or, putting gummy bears on pizza right right. so i just i don't see i don't see these characters i don't see these monster ninja turtles pulling off the heart of the ninja turtles especially when you've got the nickelodeon turtles Mm -hmm. that are currently on tv that are excellent and such a perfect i i modern take on the cartoon and then you've got the idw comics which are the other end of the spectrum and you've got this great incredible uh, uh very mature storyline that goes to dark places at times but still manages to keep it you know uh, right. light and and with the core of what the turtles are so you've got these other two mm. perfect mm-hmm. ninja turtles incarnations that are running simultaneously that you know the adult in me enjoys one in the comic books and then the kid in me loves the cartoon yeah uh, and then you put this movie out and it sort of just I don't know. Like, it's really hard to describe it without getting into really sort of visual and uh, and and sort of crass language. But like, it just kind of comes in and ruins all of the nostalgia, right? And it, it's it's a problem I have with a lot of these these '80s and '90s properties being yeah. made, where it's like, if you want to make a movie about four big monster dudes that run around New York and beat up some soldiers. That's cool. I'm, I'm down. If Michael Bay wants to make that movie, I'll go see it. Special effects and everything will be amazing. 
but don't tag the name Ninja Turtles on it just to get me in the theater. It's it's what they 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 tried this with the Super Mario Brothers in the early <laughs> 90s and it didn't work, right? They I took think... a script that had nothing to do with Super Mario and they tagged just, on yeah. all of this Mario stuff well, and that's that's what this movie looks like yeah. to me. I think I think what I think what really needs to happen with some of these properties is you got to get people who are genuine fans of the original material and mm-hmm. stuff. And two, I don't know. I you know, I hope you're pleasantly surprised by this movie. I hope that uh, that they're marketing a little bit differently than what they should be. Um, you know, and it, and it could turn out that Shredder's not 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 uh, not the person you think Shredder is, and all this other stuff. Sure. And it could be once you hear a little bit more dialogue from Tony Shalhoub that he actually turns out and puts in a great performance as, as Splinter. Um, so I don't know. I, I, my my thing is wait and see. I do have one question for you. I got to let you go because we're up against a hard break, yep. as they say in radio. Um, Adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. <laughs> you ever hear of them? No, no, that's this is the first time. I give you and everyone else homework. Check out adolescent okay. radioactive black belt hamsters parody of a parody, my friends. It okay. was a parody of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and um, <clears throat> and so it was put out uh, in the in the mid late eighties, eighty six, eighty seven ish, by Eclipse Comics, and later on Parody Press, and then Dynamite Entertainment. So. Check them out. It's it's a funny little parody thing. My cousin used to love some adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. Cohen, you always do great work, and I love everything that you do, and I appreciate you. Kenobi and Me. Yes, KenobiandMe.com. Everybody should check that out. And uh, Frontlines is still going strong. Uh, we got, we've got four episodes left. As soon as I get off here, I'm going to go edit the latest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at CloneWarsPodcast.com. And, and we're... We're going strong, uh, getting geared up for Rebels with uh, Rebels Podcast, uh, which is at rebelspodcast.com. I hear you. And, uh, and this is the most important plug I can give. I just started a new podcast a couple months ago with my friend Curtis called the Pullbox Podcast, mm-hmm. where we it's kind of a, a comic book, graphic novel book club. Yeah. So we, we uh, Curtis and I each pick a comic mm-hmm. and, and, then we go to the listeners and we get what we call the reader poll. So, so you guys get to pick one comic and then we go away and, and we read those three graphic novels uh, over the course of the month and then come back and talk about them. Oh, cool! And uh, it's, uh, it's gotten me into some comic books that I never would have read before. Um, and uh, Curtis is really good about that. He picks these really weird off the wall choices sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I really really hope that everybody goes and checks that out because uh, I think that that uh, that it's a really cool project that I've got going and that's at pullboxpodcast.com. Pullboxpodcast.com. You always get the best URLs. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's a skill. It's a it's a honed <laughs> skill. All right, cool. Well, thanks for stopping in. We'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. All right. See ya. See. You. Bye. Bye. And that, my friends, as they say, is that. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at geekoutloud and at Steve Glosson. Of course, all of our other great shows are there at Rock Out Loud, at Disney Vault Talk, at uh, Mark Out Loud One. It's, uh, it's a whole family over at Twitter. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. <clears throat> We've got the Patreon campaign launching Saturday. We start at 10 a.m. with the Big Honkin' Show and roll through 
Sadly, as we announced at the top of the show, no buck for the Big Honkin' Show, but he'll be along at some point. With the Patreon campaign, we've got exclusive content coming with your support of the Goloverse. You can head over to geekoutonline.com and see our schedule for all of our recordings for the week. You can sign up for our mailing list by clicking on Goal Insider. You can buy a t-shirt by clicking on Goloverse Store. And uh, you can shop at Amazon via the Amazon link and help kick back to the show and really support the show. We are a proud, proud part of Shot Glass Digital Radio. Head over to shotglassdigital.com and check out all of the great content that's there. Of course, helmed by the great Rebel Force Radio. Until Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve Glosson. Tomorrow night here at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show, Disney Vault Talk with myself and Teresa Delgado talking some Pinocchio. Hope you all have a great whatever you're having. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.